0: We are creating a platform for those who are curious. One that tells the story from the artist's perspective. Moments in time captured from the innovators who are reshaping dance, music, theater, and the visual arts. This is The Working Artist Project.
1: About three or four months ago, I had the wonderful privilege of meeting my next guest, Dr. Ashley Jackson. She's truly one of a kind. I mean, for a multitude of reasons but the one that sticks out the most is the instrument that she plays. Like as a harp player, how did that happen to
0: you? Sometimes I wonder about that, like how did I end up playing this instrument? (laughs) Um, But I I actually started on piano when I was five. Um, I have two sisters and all of us took piano lessons when we were young. And my first piano teacher's daughter was a harpist and she taught harp in the same house where I took piano lessons. Uh, I really loved studying piano, my parents never had to force me to practice, and so there was definitely something about classical music and the learning of it that appealed to me even at a very young age, and so I was, you know, at that when you're young, you're just kind of curious, and you want to keep trying things, and I started playing harp when I was seven. I also picked up uh, the violin as well, and I played all three instruments um, until the beginning of high school, and I eventually settled on harp because it was it kind of gave me the best of both um, it has the range of the piano it uh, so you know you're using two hands and it has a very extensive range but I could also play an orchestra which I really really liked um, and so that's how I ended up focusing on harp
1: I'm Darian Douglas and this is the working artist project. So I'm curious, like, what do you, because you're a writer, you're a musician, Mm -hmm. what what do you identify as uh, creatively?
0: That's a good question. I usually have a small list. Uh, First, I'm a musician. Um, And I I sort of think of it this way. I'm I'm always looking for different ways or different points of entry into music. So whether it's performance or teaching or writing, um, or even speaking about music, I think they it's important, increasingly important for artists today to sort of have, um, a sort of multi-dimensional, um, aspect to their craft because, um, you know, there are so many of us. And so, um, I've also just always liked writing as well as teaching in addition to playing, I think, um, my career will always look that way. Um, one has always informed the other. I enjoy the research aspects of, of writing and, and teaching. Um, and I think it it certainly helps with my performing just as my performing gives me a certain kind of sensibility when I am, uh, writing about a certain subject or a certain topic or a piece of music because I'm coming at it not just from a research perspective but also from a performer's perspective so how would I identify myself? I don't know probably as a musician um, if I had to pick one but I usually I can get away with two or three
1: In today's society as creatives we cannot we can't survive
0: mm-hmm. being
1: just you know a harpist or me just being a drummer you have to be like a jack of all trades or at least two or three so that mm-hmm. you can have multiple streams of income
0: coming mm-hmm. in, you know,
1: mainly so you can pay those student loans off.
0: Right. And, <laughs> and survive in New York City. Yeah. I right. Mean, and- it's, it is sort of like, you know, a constant, I mean, that's what's exciting about being in New York. It's that <laughs> the level is so high and there's, there are so many of us that you do really have to kind of find your own niche and, that process um, of asking yourself, like, what is my creative voice and how does it stand out? It's a really tough one to have, um, but it's also kind of exciting once you think you're kind of, oh, I think I'm getting there. I think I'm getting there. Okay. Um, I mean, in addition to all those things, you have to be savvy with business and social media. I would say that's probably the social media aspect is maybe the most surprising of my uh, the most surprising piece of my career that how much time just kind of maintaining that online presence takes right. Yeah. was not anticipating that. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword too, you know. It's like all right, yeah. I, gotta, I gotta like do this online thing, and I, I don't necessarily want to, but if I don't, my visibility goes down. But you, you know, mm-hmm. you, you have to maintain some sort of balance with it because if you go too far into it, you just you're just in the rabbit hole, you know.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're all, I think, there (laughs) with our (laughs) cell phones. But yes, I mean, it it is also kind of like, all right, well, I want to practice for these, you know, for this morning. Oh, but I need to post something. And so my attention is sometimes being diverted in ways that I don't necessarily want it to. But, um, you know, I'm learning a lot along the way. So that's that's always fun.
1: I think it's interesting that you chose to go to Yale, like, what made you choose to go to that particular school?
0: Yale was, it was definitely my top choice. Um, I specifically wanted to go there first because I mean, it's an excellent school and you can get a really great uh, liberal arts education. And that was something that was really important to me. Um, Even though I was pretty sure that I was going to pursue music and performance, I also had other interests um, in other areas of academia. So my first priority was actually going to a liberal arts school. But then on top of that, it needed to be a school with a really great music program. And Yale uh, has a really great reputation for its orchestra, chamber music programs. I also knew the harp teacher who's affiliated with the School of Music at Yale. And so when I was kind of making my lists of schools that I wanted to go to, it, Yale was very much easily at the top of the list.
1: I never would put those two things together, like Yale and like top music perform, like, you know, music program or whatever.
0: Yeah. I mean, part of it comes from the fact that they have a strong graduate music program. And so you have a lot of those professors and teachers who also teach undergrad musicians, but there's something about the university that has attracted really great musicians, even if they're not music majors as undergraduates, the orchestra has a long history um, you know, they go on tours every couple of years and, uh, the history and theory programs are also quite strong. Um, there's just kind of a long list of distinguished composers and professors who've taught there in the music department. So, it, um, among the Ivy leagues, it definitely has a reputation for being strong in, in classical music.
1: Now I have this vendetta, uh, against, uh. Universities just oh really the- that
0: that wasn't apparent at all <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's only because only because I think that uh the system isn't working in the favor of the of anyone really, but especially creatives, because a lot of times you have to pay a premium to get the knowledge right to get the experience, mm-hmm. yeah. so you pay whatever two hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars for Your degree, and then when you Mm -hmm. come out of school, if you're really, really good, really social, and lucky, you'll Mm -hmm. make you'll make like you know a good living. Maybe you'll make fifty thousand dollars a year, you know, in New York City. Mm -hmm. That ain't a lot of money, but then you got to pay this hundred thousand dollars back. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It doesn't really even out. On the other hand, if I went to law school, I come out of law school, I'm making guaranteed a hundred thousand. You know, if I don't go into a government job. So I'll have the ability if I'm frugal and smart to pay that back versus like this uphill battle that you have to face, uh, being creative, and to just to be one hundred you know uh, transparent. I pay. I managed to pay my student loans in full,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but you know I had to sacrifice to do that. Um, and I see a lot of my colleagues like struggling to even pay the minimum. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, dude, something has to change. And I'm just curious about how you feel since you, you got three degrees and uh, w- what that process is like for you.
0: Yeah, well, no, I was, I, um, you know, yes, there are, when we look at, say, other um, countries and their education systems, it's very easy to point out and to be critical of our current Educational system here. Yes, it's not perfect. Um, I was fortunate enough that my graduate, my two graduate degrees were um, tuition free. That was especially important to me when looking at doctoral programs, especially, um, was that I was not going to be paying tuition and that it actually came with the stipend. Um, I realized that most of my colleagues didn't have that. luxury um, so I continue to feel very blessed um, that I was able to go to programs that were free uh, of charge um, you know but I don't yes as I mentioned there are uh, it's very easy to point fingers at the education system itself I mean there's also You can also look at how artists are viewed. What's our, or rather, what's our place in, I'll be very specific, in American society, classical artists or jazz artists, as opposed to other countries. That's also quite different. We have a different history of classical music in this country, as opposed to a country like Germany, where every single town Um, And city, of course, has a fully funded orchestra. So, um, yes, you know, education, I believe, is and continues to be far too expensive um, for too many people. Um, It's also, I think you need to look at the sort of cultural, um, the cultural landscape um, that we are currently working in. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but I'm also probably intentionally being somewhat vague. Um, basically, the compensation of classical artists here versus in other cities around the world.
1: You, um, you mean like here, here in the United States, or here in New York?
0: Yes, here in here in New York and the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, just sort of, I don't know. I I have been really lucky to have traveled and to have played in a lot of different countries and different continents and you can feel that that classical music does perhaps mean something different and not i'm saying that it means more in different places but that that it has a different place in um society like just looking at the audience and and the respect um that it is paid around the world is, is, it's just different, um, than, than what we have over here. I mean, I guess, <laughs> I, 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 cause, cause you, cause you're talking about like, you know, it's an uphill climb, right? For say artists who have, you know, they go to this undergrad and maybe they go for the masters. And then it's just like an uphill climb financially for them. Right. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm looking at not only, the cost of tuition, but also the the world that they are entering, um, that is perhaps uniquely American.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't really. I think you know, I think we have to find another way because mm-hmm. it's it's enslaving the creative, and when you enslave the creative, you you like you crush it because you can't be creative when you're under that much stress all the time, mm-hmm. and and that's why I'm against it. Because now I'm free, and I'm just like, oh yeah, man! Like I'm I'm way more relaxed, and and also I'm free to create more and to make certain decisions because I don't have this this quote unquote monkey on my back, you know. Mm. But let's change gears. I want <laughs> <Okay>. to. Talk- <laughs> I want to go back and talk about uh, classical music. Got me woke. Like, okay. why? Why did you? Let's just get right into it. Like, what? Why? Just why?
0: Yeah, so, um, ironically, it it did occur while I was at Juilliard, this sort of, um, this discovery of a, and not for the first time, so I, I guess I will say a rediscovery, but on a much deeper level, this rich lineage of Black artists who came before me, because it was really the first time that I was sitting down and dedicating Two, three years of, of, of focused research on a Black female, uh, composer and particularly her relationship with Langston Hughes. And it was, I think, in part what connected them. It's, it was their love for, for Blackness and that there is a lot of beauty in Blackness and that the arts play a major role in, in expressing that. Um, so I guess if I, when I'm talking about how classical music got me woke, it really did start with my research on Margaret Bonds and Langston Hughes at Juilliard. And then a few years after I graduated, I was contacted by the Dream Unfinished, which is an activist orchestra based in New York City. And they were giving a headliner concert, um, initially intended to be a one-off sort of performance to commemorate the one year anniversary of the death of Eric Garner. Mm. And, uh, so I, you know, I went to rehearsals and the orchestra was quite diverse. We played, uh, works by Leonard Bernstein, as well as William Grant still. And that first year, there was also a premiere by Jesse Montgomery. And I remember, uh, sitting in the audience, and I was pretty stunned on a number of levels. First, at how engaged the audience was, how diverse the audience was for a classical orchestral concert in the middle of the summer in New York. I also thought the program itself was just beautifully put together, and it was interwoven with speeches by activists, um, fellow musicians, and artists. And I reached out to the executive producer, and Lee after that performance and I said to her, I don't know if this is, you know, if you're planning to do this kind of event again or sort of what the future is for the Dream Unfinished, but I was really moved by it. And, um, you know, congratulations on your work. I should also mention that the, it was a benefit concert and it supported the Center for Constitutional Rights. So the, uh, g Finished did get a lot of traction and a lot of support and, um, we just finished our third season and I've been involved in various levels actually of, um, advising and also taking on some more administrative tasks with that particular orchestra. Um, and it's, it, you know, we are in, you know, this is 2017 and it seems like every time we turn on the news that there's a new, Social or social justice or civil rights issue or economic, you know, it it just feels like there's a lot to be tackled. And I was really impressed by how, you know, a group of classical musicians um, who generally operate in a very kind of conservative sphere were tackling these issues kind of head-on, but using their craft in the ways that they knew how, and it just really kind of resonated with where I was at the time with my own career and and research. So um, that's kind of how the article came uh, to be, just sort of looking at the past and um, being inspired by uh, Margaret Bonds and Langston Hughes and the other artists, really, of the Harlem Renaissance, and and thinking about, what you know? What are the lessons uh, that can be learned um, for my own practice as I as I think about um, my craft, but not just you know as a classical musician, but as a classical musician who has a social responsibility.
1: Hmm. I didn't realize. I don't know for whatever reason that the the fact that it was for Eric Gardner just I missed that that whole that whole part for the uh, the it's the dream unknown right.
0: Yeah, and so the group is called The Dream Unfinished, and every subsequent year there's a theme as sort of a a social justice issue that is um, the focus. And so that determines our programming, but also who our institutional partners are. Um, And uh, yeah, it sort of guides multiple facets of each season. So most recently we finished... Uh, the School of Prison Pipeline Um, and the season was called Raise Your Hand. So we partnered with several uh, different sort of music, community music programs from throughout the five boroughs Mm -hmm. and we had a teaching artist program where they learned most of the repertoire that we performed in June and so we had an orchestra that was made up of not only professionals but also the students who participated in that uh, residency program. And we surveyed Um, music by black composers starting from the 18th century through the present, um, with the idea that, uh, they are, they're getting a sort of different, the classical music education that they may not have yet received. Um, so really like looking at challenging them and, and reminding them of the totality of, of classical music that has been in existence, uh, for centuries.
1: You are listening to The Working Artist Project with Darian Douglas and Dr. Ashley Jackson. This is making me think about uh, our most recent, or at least the one that that kind of surprised me. I mean, not necessarily surprised me, but kind of was like, oh man, wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trump's ban uh, of trans people in the military, which... which you know, I don't know what your politics are, but for me, I think no matter what your politics are, you can clearly see uh, that discrimination against any group of people based on sex, you know, religion, race, sexual orientation, whatever, is mm-hmm. is totally wrong. And how, how do you see that affecting, like, the music that you're creating or, like, how, how do you fight against that? type that line of thinking from, from your seat as a musician?
0: Well, I, I look at, you know, so what are my, me, uh, what are my strengths and what am I interested in? Um, and I think a lot can be done with programming actually. So, you know, we just talked about, you just mentioned, you know, excluding a certain group of people because of, you know, sex or orientation or or, or, um, race or gender. And so I think uh, we can send a lot of messages simply by diversifying uh, the composers that we play, because I think that sends, not doing so also sends a particular kind of message um, of exclusion and of the fact that classical music is really only for a certain group of people to be understood by a certain group of people, and then therefore enjoyed um, by those who are simply only in the know. And so that's something that I, I'm always very conscious of. Um, whenever, whenever I have an opportunity to, to uh, program my own performances or, or talks um, even, I, I make a point to uh, present really a well-rounded, diverse, um, experience because I don't know. I, I, it goes a long way, I think without actually having to be so much in your face, but, um, it does hit you. Um, when you're looking at a program and you're going, Oh my gosh, you know, there's, by this woman from this place or you know I didn't know that there was a black composer who actually composed the first clarinet concerto it wasn't Mozart um, so there I, that's, that's I think where I see myself right now where I can have the most um, impact is, is with, with the topics that I choose to write about and, and the music that I choose to play
1: every interview I ask the same three questions I ask okay. the same question What are you most thankful for? Now,
0: (laughs) I feel like I'm stuck with those three things. But right now, well, come on, like,
1: don't let me limit you. Like, do your thing. Like, come on, you you have more than three.
0: Three things. What are I most thankful for? I'm most thankful for um, my family, my ability to make music, I guess, physically. Hmm. And actually third, I'm most thankful for I guess the composers that have blessed us with a lot of incredible music to to play and explore.
1: All right, cool. Well this is this is the end, man. This is it. So, okay. This is uh Dr. Ashley Jackson. Thanks for yes. coming on the Working Artist Project.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks for tuning in to The Working Artist Project. Before you go, I'd like you to do a few more things. Don't forget to like and subscribe to this podcast and check out what else I'm doing via my website, DarianDouglas.com. It would also be amazing if you checked out my Patreon page. I'll leave a link in the description. Later.